and welcome to another episode of In My Sweats with your host, Jay Menz. This is a place where you can learn and laugh with your girlfriends. Hello and welcome to this fabulous chat time with Danielle Perlin Good who is a book consultant and she can go into a little more of what that means and like even more of her probably million titles because like we come up with one thing but then we realize there are so many different things about us so I am going to tell you a little bit about Danielle and then she can expand on whatever she chooses to expand on but she grew up Jewish was always interested in familial history, ancestry, and her roots. She loves helping others share their family's history and showcase it to the world. She firmly believes in telling stories of the past so future generations can learn from trials and tribulations. That feels very um, like healing to generational wounds. I love that. Mm -hmm. Danielle worked at a children's publishing company as a social media coordinator for over three years several Chicago area newspaper companies, and has helped numerous small businesses with their digital marketing efforts. She has more than 12 years of writing experience and has a BS in news editorial journalism from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Was that right? Yeah. Woo! Got it. Okay. In her free time, Danielle enjoys swimming, practicing yoga, being outside, and spending time with her husband and her son. So first, I want to know how old is your son? Well, my son is twenty. <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, twenty months old right now. Oh man! Yes. Are you sleeping yet? Oh yes. We oh. hired a, a sleep consultant actually oh. when he was about eight months old. That was smart. Yeah. 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 Actually, it's a funny story. It was uh, it the same week. I hired a sleep consultant and a business coach. <laughs> that is the double whammy. Yes. Yeah. So like, tell me what was happening the first eight months before you hired, like, was he not sleeping at all? No. And yeah. all I knew from just reading and different family, um, different people, you know, a lot of different ideas were circulating and, uh, we decided to try co-sleeping mm -hmm. and I thought that it was a good idea because we were nursing and it did work for a while, mm -hmm. uh, but the longest stretch that we got together was about five hours and uh, it was just not feasible to maintain that and feasible to try to maintain a life outside of that. And then I also no. noticed, yeah. Right. And then I also noticed that you know, it wasn't really fair to him because he wasn't really sleeping and getting the rest he needed. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my cousins ended up telling me about a uh, former coworker of hers at her school, who she's a teacher, mm -hmm. uh, who is now a sleep consultant. And so I got connected with her and she changed our lives. And yes. my Husband still says to this day that uh, her name is Dana. So uh, mm -hmm. Dana is my husband's favorite person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he has the jokes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. So what did the sleep consultant, I know this is whatever, but this is going to help anyone who's in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, 
what did the sleep consultant do? Like, did she spend the night or what did, how, what was that process like? So we did it remotely and uh, we did a onboarding call was about an hour and a half and she really got to know me and our issues and my son. Uh, we did a nursery assessment where I took a video of his nursery and showed her what we're doing, showed her the routine and everything, uh, mm -hmm. informed her of what we were doing for nap times and what was working, what wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And really one of the main issues I had was being consistent and then not nursing to sleep. Those were the two things that I had to change. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying that's you know a bad thing for anybody to do, of course, but it wasn't working for us. So it just, you know, a lot of people, I, I've heard wonderful things about co-sleeping and nursing to sleep, you know, if that works for you, but it was not working for us. Yeah. <laughs> and my son clearly needed, you know, to be in his crib and be independent. And uh, we did end up sleep training, which I was against for a very long time and was convinced to try it. Mm -hmm. um, the first night was about 42 minutes. And of him <laughs> crying, it was awful, terrible, terrible, terrible. But uh, he, you know, again, he's 20 months now, and at the most, he cries for up to five minutes, and that's if he's like overtired at mm -hmm. that point. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been pretty consistent with he's now at one nap, he's actually napping right now, <laughs> and mm -hmm. yes and uh, naps for about 90 minutes, at least 90 minutes, sometimes up to three hours. And he sleeps uh, 11 to 12 hours at night, every night. And that was from yeah. co-sleeping five hours into this. And you know that it was so interesting actually, I'm glad we're talking about this because that week I just had this epiphany. I, was, I actually would listen to audiobooks on my Bluetooth headphones while I was nursing him to sleep because sometimes <laughs> you know, it would take like an hour and a half, yeah. two hours sometimes, and I was in the lounger and I said, I'm going to go insane. <laughs> so, so I was listening to Rachel Hollis's book. Uh, I believe it was Girl Stop Apologizing. And I just, I love her. I love you know, her enthusiasm for life and for routine and just in general, um, you know, I just, I think that she has so much value to share to so many people. And I just had this epiphany when I was listening to her and said, I'm going to become a book coach and I'm going to utilize my skills to do book coaching. And that was about a year ago. I was so... Before that, I was doing some bit, some small business marketing, like digital marketing, but I was mainly staying at home for that amount of time, for about eight months. So I was doing some work on the side, but you know, when you're a new mom, it's hard to balance. And luckily with my husband's job, I, what, I didn't have to bring in a certain amount every yeah. month. So we weren't yeah. focused on that at that mm -hmm. time. And then we decided, you know, it would be probably a good thing for me to try to, you know, figure out something that would be, um, that would make money in the long run. And, you know, where I could really feel like I'm helping people. Mm -hmm. And I just felt it didn't feel right to me anymore to just focus on digital marketing. And yeah. I just, you know, when, when you feel like there's, that time in your life where you need to transition to mm -hmm. the next thing and need to figure out what feels 
right and good in your life. And I just came up with this idea one day and then started marketing myself as a book coach, ended up meeting um, one of my coaches on uh, through a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And she helped me set up everything and figure out exactly what I needed to do. Um, you know, I, like I said, I've been writing and editing, you know, my whole life and, you know, second grade, I wanted to be an author. I was was one of those kids. Right. (laughs) And, uh, I just, I knew that I could really help share people's stories and yeah, pause there. Cause I want to know, like you have this epiphany while you're breastfeeding and you're listening and you're like, I want to be a book coach. And then you hire this business coach who sets everything up. And then what happens after that is like, there's so many different ways it could go. It could go like, then who, how did you decide who you wanted to serve? Or like, I want to know like, what was the first client like? And, and what kind of people are you helping write their books? Like, so tell Mm -hmm. me about that. Yes. Yes. I love that. So I have a few different niches right now. I started out uh, basically broadening my my niche and saying that I wanted to work with mostly people who are writing memoir or nonfiction Mm -hmm. and ended up, my first client was actually um, a gentleman who uh, is a professor in the Chicagoland area, mm-hmm. and he has been wanting to write a spiritual memoir. He's actually a connection for my temple, and uh, I helped him finish his first draft. It did take about o- over six months, but yeah. he did finish it. Uh, and he, uh, his name is Gary. I have a testimonial from him on my website and stuff. But <laughs> is six months like is that a long time? Is that a short time? Is that like an average time? That's an average amount of time. We, I do have programs that are 90 days and that's something that, you know, I'm, we can talk about as well. That's one of my, my new offers that I'm really excited about, especially with COVID and everything and people finding more time right now to write and, you know, really think about their life and think about what's important to them and what their goals are and what they want to accomplish. And I've talked to so many people, especially in the last couple of weeks, who just realized that, you know, nothing is secure in life. But if you really have a dream and a goal, like you can, you can accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are multiple ways of doing it. You know, there, I worked in traditional publishing, but I've also helped authors self-publish and there are just, uh, I know we're getting a little off track, but in terms of Is there a track, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Especially right now. Exactly. There's, there's no track we're going on or off. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As my son says, choo choo. <laughs> what, and what's his name? Eli. Eli, I want to fist bump you. <laughs> you too, bro, you got it. He would say hi or bye-bye and smile. <laughs> Little bumbleberry. Um, wait, and then you said that you said that you have a 90-day and it's on average about six months. So then when you're working with people and you're helping them write their story what happens after they're done with their story? Like, are you like, okay, now go send it to publishers or what happens next? That's a great question. So when I have discovery calls, 
what I normally do is we talk about the person's goals and who their audience is, what they've been doing to promote themselves of anything at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and what I want to know is in terms of their goals, if they want to write, for example, a nonfiction business book and become a speaker, um, mm -hmm. use that to, you know, utilize their, um, elevate their business and um, figure out what they can do with, um, with that piece of work. Then we talk about, you know, what the differences are between self-publishing and traditional publishing. I find that a lot of people, um, you know, have a misinterpretation of the differences between the two, especially right now. This is, it's not the same as it was 15, 20 years ago when you had to, there wasn't really an option besides going through the traditional publishing process, writing query letters, uh, trying to get an agent, figuring out, you know, that process and what that's like, um, you know, in terms of the timeline for that, that can take, you know, five, 10 years to get an agent. Some first time authors never get an agent. If you have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram though, and you've been blogging and you have a following already of some sort, it can be easier to get into you know, an agent's hands and be in a traditional publisher, especially if it's somebody who deals with, you know, the type of book that you want to write, right? If you want to self-publish, you know, I, I offer, you know, after somebody finishes their first draft, we have the option of doing editing packages as well. So mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. And I do, you know, a lot of people also say, oh, I need editing. And I'll say, sure. what kind of editing? And they'll say, I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'd have to talk about that too, because you know, there's a ton of different kinds and they all cost different amounts. What so, kind of editing? Like, yeah, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. So for the most expensive is usually called developmental editing. Mm -hmm. And that's when an editor will uh, take either an outline or a first draft of a story and really develop the different parts of the story in the organization. Um, with my book coaching programs, you know, we do a lot of that together, especially if we're starting out together. So um, that's, you know, part of it's included, but not, you know, not the extent that somebody might need in yeah. order to make sure it's fully developed and fully organized into what it can be. And then there's content editing where we edit, and some people call that line editing, where we go line by line and really look at, you know, the transitions, the nitty gritty, um, you know, we talk about more like the, the dialogue more in depth, all that kind of stuff. Um, if, you know, and in most books, there should be dialogue. And that's something I've actually talked to some memoir clients about, um, you know, even if you don't remember certain aspects that happened to you in your life, you know, having those memories may trigger some kind of conversations that you might remember. And having, you know, that dialogue really brings in the story. That's, it's really, oh, yeah. really important to include that. You know, it's not just for any type of fiction or novel, right? It's for, you know, it's, this isn't, you know, some boring autobiography. Yeah, so, you want color on those pages. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's part of what a good editor will do is figuring out, you know, looking at the piece and saying, 
you know, I have some other ideas that the author might not have thought of. Yeah. And, you know, talking about that, talking through that. Um, and then, yeah. sorry, I just, you, every time you're saying something, I'm like, Ooh, this is a question that yeah. is, would I mean, just the answer would be so fascinating is what, what are the people that you love to serve the most? Like, are they the ones with the stories to be told? Are they the ones that have a business they're trying to elevate? Like, what is your favorite type of client? Mm -hmm. So my favorite type of client is somebody who wants, who has an idea for their book and has wanted to write their book. And every time they want to write their book, they get stuck. Mm -hmm. They feel completely stuck. They have no idea what to do. And they, they're very smart individuals. They're very, you know, I just signed with a new client who has a PhD. She, you know, and there's, you know, a lot of people who I've worked with are very intelligent. I have one client who's a nurse right now as well. And, uh, but they have a lot, a lot of it has to do with fear. It has to do with their confidence in their story. And oh, is, does anybody actually want to read my story, mm-hmm. who their audience is? You know, because memoir, a lot of people think that it's about them, but really you're making an argument for something that happens in your life and your memoir is around, surrounds that argument and talks about that argument in detail. So if, you know, there's someone who's writing about their childhood and they survive some type of abuse, you know, what are, what are they, what is the message that they want to send to their audience? That's, those are the questions that we talk about in my program. It's very deep. It's very emotional. Yeah. Um, and I tell people that up front. I say, you know, you have to trust me that I will get you to the place where you can write about what you want to write about, but it's not going to be an easy process. This isn't like, I will tell you what to do and you can implement it like that. This is not a how-to you know, course or a program. This is a, you know, I, we will go through this together. We will go on zoom sessions and we will talk through what's blocking you mm. from getting those words on the pages. And believe it or not, a lot of, a lot of my clients and a lot of people I've seen in the writing community, a lot of it has to do with mindset. It's very oh, interesting, yeah. you know, how, how much of the actual writing has to do with you know, the limiting beliefs that you have surrounding yourself and the value that you give yourself and the fear that you have. Um, And it's just, I've heard this over and over again. And it's Mm -hmm. just very interesting to me that there are so many people who want to tell their stories Mm -hmm. and want to, and my new, um, one of my, my new phrase that I've been repeating a lot is unleash their stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like they really need to figure out how to unleash those blocks and unleash, you know, what they want to tell inside of them. And I also find that for nonfiction business books, you know, some of it, it does write into the memoir category because mm-hmm. they do have to talk about themselves and how they were able to get to the point where they were able to talk about their business and their success in business and why somebody should work with them. Right. And that has to do with all that, you know, confidence and limiting beliefs as well. 
are most of those people who are coming to you, do they have like, because what I've heard from the writing world is most people will write like the first chapter and then they'll stop and then they'll start writing a completely new book and it'll happen like four to six times before you actually follow through. So do these people that are coming to you have a book that's written? Have they not written a page? Are they like halfway through? What's kind of the thing on that? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's really all over the board. <laughs> uh, I've, I have, and usually what happens is if somebody comes to me and says, I have an idea for a book, this isn't their first idea for a book. Mm -hmm. They have written for, you know, blogs, they yeah. write content for themselves, they mm -hmm. write, you know, other types of things, but they haven't necessarily written about that particular idea. Now, I also have had clients who have been working on their books for years and years and years. Yeah. And they're incredibly disorganized. They're not, you know, they're, they really need a second opinion on the manuscript because they have read it and looked at it so many times that they can't see past what they already have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something that I like to tell people too, is why it's so important to talk to an editor and even get a, there's something called a manuscript evaluation where you can talk to an editor and say, Hey, can you review this manuscript for me? And I've done that before. And you charge a certain amount, depending on the word count, depending on, you know, what, what they need and the conversation that you have with them and all that. Mm -hmm. And you evaluate the manuscript You say, okay, this part is strong here. This, mm -hmm. you know, these chapters don't flow together. I recommend, you know, organizing it in this fashion instead. I recommend, you know, you know, why, why is this character or this person saying that's here? It doesn't really flow with something else that they said in chapter two. You know, there are a lot of different nuances that we, you know, have to talk about. So, uh, you know, having somebody else's opinion for a manuscript is just really, really crucial. I, mm -hmm. I just always, always recommend it, whether you know, whether somebody gets on a discovery call with me and then I, I say, you know what, I don't think that would be a good fit, but I can refer you to a number of colleagues, you know, that's yeah. why I like to, you know, know what somebody wants to do. And, you know, I don't take everybody that I talk to. I, mm -hmm. you know, take the people I think I can help. Yeah. And so you've been doing this for a year, right? Yes. Yeah. So do you feel like this is the thing you're meant to be doing or do you feel like this is the thing on the path to what you're meant to be doing? That's a great question. I feel, I feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing right now. And I am working on a book and a course of my own that I'm hoping to launch sometime in the next six to nine months. But you know, Yay. I, I want to, <laughs> I, I want to see what the timing is like and all of that, especially with, you know, what's happening in our world. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what book be about if you, so I, I am, I have a lot of talk, talk about organization. I have <laughs> lots of notes in several Google docs <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, what I, what the main topic that I'm going to be talking about is the writing mindset. And that's something that I talk about in the, my presentations as well. When I, uh, was able to present at you know local libraries and meetup groups and writing groups that kind of thing. So um, I find that it gives a lot of people value, and I find that a lot of the writing books out there are really good when it comes to craft and storytelling. 
but in terms of getting to the point where you're able to start on the path of storytelling and writing, you know, you have to, you have to unblock those, you know, those thoughts, those thoughts in your head. You have to figure out how you can get from the point of, oh, I really have this, this idea for a book, but you know, some people make, make excuses. They say, I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I have all these other things going on. I, you know, don't know who would read my book. I don't know why anybody would, you know, want to listen to what I have to say. Uh, You know, there are a lot of different thoughts, like very, very critical thoughts that people have, especially women, I have found. Um, It's very interesting. So, and it is different. I do have male clients and female clients, and it is definitely different working with different personalities and differences between men and women and how they process emotions. I... I love hearing this because I do the same thing on the limiting beliefs and the doubts and all that. And it's ingrained in such a young age. Like someone said some comment and you were like five years old and that's the thing that's stuck in your head. And that's the thing that directs where you go in life. And, you know, to have someone like you who goes, Hey, I have a way that you can unravel that limiting belief. So you can launch the book of your dreams and you can write your story and people will be interested. And so having you clear all those, those doubts is probably the number one thing that people need when they are writing their books. It would be really fun to, to see you at one of the meetups or to see you giving your signature talk at a library. And, um, I, look forward to reading your book when it comes out and, and well, actually, yeah, let me ask that. So in six to nine months, you could possibly have a book done. Then what's the amount of time that someone would be able to buy that book? In terms of like when I would publish it? Yeah. Like, is there a certain amount of time between when you finish a book to then the publishing? Cause then you, you're, are you marketing the book while you're writing it? Or do you have it finished and then you market it after? That's, a, that's also a wonderful question. I know I've said that a few times now. <laughs> <laughs> Think of something new to say. Yes. <laughs> 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 so I actually have, I, I have had people come up to me at presentations and afterwards and said, hey, I wrote this book and it didn't sell. And they say, what did you do to market it before you published it? And they said, nothing. And I said, well, that's why it didn't sell. But it's hard to ingrain that in people if they don't know anything about marketing. Like this has been, I I will say it's usually an older crowd. And I feel really bad when that happens because these are people who are writing their life stories and writing about their families. And they want other people to read their work. And uh, it hasn't gotten anywhere because they didn't know. And I just feel bad because I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known you a year ago. Yes. <laughs> mm. um, but the, the short answer is, yes, uh, I believe that you need to do lots of marketing while you are writing the book mm-hmm. and be, way before you publish it. 
Yes. And because what happens is, especially if you're self-publishing, um, we call that, which traditional publishers will call this too, we call it like book birthday, mm -hmm. uh, book launch. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the book is, is launching. It's, you know, a term that's used in both traditional and self-publishing. And um, in terms of when the book is written and published, for traditional publishers, that varies quite a bit because usually you're working on a book and they're, you know, the, you have somebody who's editing. Basically for traditional publishers, it can be, you know, two to five years or something. It can be a very long time mm -hmm. um, because, you know, they have to get their catalogs ready and figure out what season the book is going to launch and what, you know, they, you know, they, they pick books way in advance and wow. it is a lot more difficult again to get an agent to get into a first time you know publishing company however there are ways especially on twitter that's one of my tips that agents do hang out on twitter quite quite often wow um, that is something to look at if you are interested in that route um and you know it's there are pros and cons to both ways, right? And again, that's why I always ask what somebody's goals are. Mm -hmm. um, everybody who I've spoken with, including, you know, even at my time at the publishing company and I worked in the marketing department, um, they, you know, publishing companies will do some amount of work for marketing books, especially if it's somebody like Stephen King or Michelle Obama, who, you know, are really, really big. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they know that this book is going to bring them a lot of money. So yeah. they spend a lot of money. Yeah. Right? So if you are a first time author and you're writing a novel and you get a deal, you have to do 99% of the marketing. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that's just a fact. And, yeah. you know, it really depends on, um, on, you know, what is, I guess, what the deal is and what is, you know, what, again, what your goals are. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're good. Um, yeah, so it, it just depends. Yeah, you answered the question. Basically, it's if you're self-publishing or if you're a first-time author, 99% of the marketing is going to be up to you. And then, um, if you're working with a publisher, it's usually up to them, depending on how big you are is how much money they're going to spend on your advertising. So it seems like even if you're working with a publisher, you would still, um, you'd still want to self-market. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. You definitely want to, I mean, all of the authors who I've spoken with as well, and I'm in an organization in Chicago called Quip, it's Chicago Women in Publishing. And even, you know, people who do get publishing deals, uh, they do end up having to do a lot of marketing themselves. And that was also my experience at the publishing company because the, the companies don't have the resources anymore to, you know, do the same amount of marketing for each book, right? Mm -hmm. So they have to figure out where they spend their advertising money and dollars. Um, the other the other thing that I have found that a lot of people don't know is, you know, people say, oh, I can get an advance though, if I get, go through a publishing company. Well, what happens with an advance is you actually have to pay it back with 
however much the book costs. So the, if the book doesn't make money and the book is only in bookstores for a couple of weeks, which does happen quite often, especially if it doesn't sell right away, especially if there's not a big marketing push for it. If it's not at one of those, even if it is sometimes, but if it's not at one of the main, you know, Barnes and Noble, mm -hmm. um, you know, the little tables out front, like, you know, it costs a lot of money to get in one of those, yeah. um, those big tables. Um, yeah. So it's, if, if, if you're not, if, if you're on the lower list of their priorities, uh, it's, it's less likely that you will make much money from mm -hmm. the book. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I always tell people too, I'm upfront and say, you know, if you want to be an author and make a lot of money, you know, there's a very small percentage of people who make all of their money from just being an author, right? Oh, usually, totally. usually it's, you know, you can create an online course with the book or you get speaking engagements with the book. Um, yes, which can or, be very, yes. very um, you can get uh, a nice paycheck with a speaking engagement. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that I feel like a lot of people don't know uh, is if you have a good marketing campaign going and you're self-publishing and you sell a lot of copies of your book mm -hmm. in the first few months, um, publishing companies will actually look at that. And oh, yeah. You might actually get a deal for a sequel or for a different book. There That's are a lot awesome. more ways. Yeah. So that yeah. is something that does happen. Um, the other thing that I find people don't necessarily know is that uh, you know, you can spend zero dollars. I don't like anybody who says, oh, it costs so it costs this amount to self-publish. It actually doesn't technically cost anything to upload your manuscript or whatever you have to Amazon KDP. Uh -huh. However, if you want to have a good book cover, if you want to have an editor, if you want to have a good Kindle formatter, that mm. does cost money. Yes. So that's, that's like so true of everything because it's like, you can do it the free way. You'll have a few kinks or you can do it the more expensive way and everything can work beautifully. Absolutely. Yeah. It's totally, I feel like on all those things, it's worth the money to spend. Like it's just, it always ends up being worth it. Cause then you don't have to redo it. Then you don't have to worry about people going, well, the cover wasn't as clear as I thought it was going to be. You know, it's like, just do it right the first time and you don't have to do it again. I completely agree with you. And, you know, I, I find too that <clears throat> the people who aren't willing to spend money on, <clears throat> you know, any aspect of their book is not somebody who I would necessarily want to work with. Yeah. Anyway. Because totally. it's going to be, you know, getting every little thing out of them is just, it's torturous. <laughs> torturous. Yeah. That's not the right people you want to attract. No. And it's, you know, I, I have to, you know, and, and I don't, I don't, even when I get on discovery call, like you, like other, you know, coaches, and I find that it's somebody who I say to myself, oh, this person yeah. doesn't sound like it would be a good fit for me. It sounds like you know, it would be very difficult to work with this person. It would, you know, they wouldn't respect my time. I, yeah. You know, it would be difficult to, you know, get them to the place where they need to go. Yeah. And, you know, just like with any coaching program, you really need to 
you know, it's not only a money investment, it's a time investment and it's an Everything. emotional investment. It's an energy investment. It's, and, and yeah, on those calls, you are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. So say someone is listening and they're like, okay, I need to hire her because I have this book inside of me. What is their first step? Do they send you an email? Do they apply on your website? And if so, what is that link? Awesome. So I usually give out um, either my website or my Calendly link. Mm -hmm. So it's calendly.com slash GDC book. Mm. That's so easy. super easy. I made it super easy. So somebody can sign up there for uh, it's a 30 minute discovery call. Usually they're closer to 20 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, talk a little bit about their goals, about their mindset, about what their project is. And, you know, if I'm, again, if I'm not the right person, I have a lot of colleagues who might be a good fit for them. So and then do you have a website that they could look at? Like, do you have any samples of, of people that you've worked with or anything like that? So I don't have um, samples of people's books on my website, but I do have a lot of testimonials. Perfect. So yeah. 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 So that's gooddigitalconsulting.com. Okay. Gooddigitalconsulting.com and calendly.com slash GDC book. You got it. Okay, good. Uh, I just wanted to say that again, and then I'm going to put that in the notes. <clears throat> is there anything you want to leave with someone who is on the edge of their seat and they're like, oh, I've been wanting to write this book forever. Uh, what's the kind of nudge you want to give them to make sure that they're using their time right now to do that? Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, so there are a couple of different things I would say. Um, one is make sure that, which a lot of people don't necessarily do this, make sure that you are reading books in the genre you want to write. I find that if you are really stuck on the writing and you don't know how to move forward, you can still read. You can read on your Kindle, you can read, you know, on your iPad, you can read anywhere, or you can listen to audiobooks. Audiobooks are, that's one of my favorite ways of consuming books, especially with the toddler right now. Yeah. And <laughs> There's no more books. There's no more <laughs> flipping pages. That, that doesn't come back for like years, I, what I've heard. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I would say is, you know, sign up for my newsletter on my website. Um, I do have a little cheat sheet where I do have a couple of different exercises that I offer. If you are struggling with limiting beliefs, if you are struggling with, you know, writing about your idea, mm -hmm. um, you know, I would definitely recommend, you know, getting, getting on board with that. I, promise I will not overwhelm you with emails. I usually send them out like once every week, 10 days, mm -hmm. usually yeah. when I have a spurt of inspiration and I want to, you know, send, send something helpful out. Yes. Um, the other thing I would recommend is just if, if you can't write about what you want to write about, write about anything that's sitting in front of you. So mm -hmm. I have uh, toddler Crayola paint sitting in front of me right now. 
I have raisins sitting in front of me right now. Talk about those things. Talk about what you like. Talk about your emotions with what kind of emotions get brought up when you see different things that you're looking at, whether you're in your house, well, probably right now in your house. You're in your house and that is all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, write about how you feel about being trapped or if you're changing the narrative, because I've seen some people go, you're not trapped in your house, you're safe in your house. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And especially, you know, I, I also, you know, my, I, my best friend uh, is a nurse in, in a local ER. Um, we just met a, a new neighbor by us who's a nurse at a local hospital. I have a client, as I said, is, is a nurse. They're, you know, think about, think about people in their positions when you're thinking of going outside. Yeah. Um, you know, we go on walks, we go, you know, we don't just stay in our house and not go outside, but it, you know, in terms of staying in our neighborhood, yes, we, yes. you know, are doing that, but that's, that's what I would, um, recommend. So a little off topic of the writing, but you can even, yeah, talk about how it feels. Um, you know, and I really like the idea of change, like you said, changing the narrative and saying to yourself, oh, this is, you know, what I've been saying to myself, this is a great opportunity for me to do, do more at-home workouts. Yeah. It's a great opportunity for me to get, you know, get, get, a new schedule, you know, yeah. if you, you don't have to drive to work right now. Mo mm -hmm. Most people don't right now. Mm -hmm. So instead of using your commute time to do whatever, mm -hmm. you know, spend it writing. Yes. I love it. Yes. Um, thank you, Danielle, for all of these pearls of wisdom. And you're going to inspire a lot of people to start the story that's already being written within them but to bring that to surface and what a gift that is for all of us to read their life stories. And we are all going to be looking forward to when we can read your book too. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I do really truly believe, and that's one of the reasons I love doing this, that everybody really does have an interesting story to share. Agreed. A hundred percent. Okay, Danielle. Well, we know where we can find you. Uh, survive the next few weeks, however long we're in here, and we'll we'll all be in the same boat together. Yes, a hundred percent. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a treat. It was so fun. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you. Bye, girl. Bye.